وقينقاع غزوهم في الإثر وبعد ضحى يوم عيد النحر وغزوة السويق ثم قرقرة والغزو في الثالثة المشتهرة في غطفان وبني سليم وأم كلثوم ابنة الكريم زوج عثمان بها وخصه ثم تزوج النبي حفصه وزينبا ثم غزا إلى أحد في شهر شوال وحمراء الأسد والخمر حرمت يقينا فاسمعا هذا وفيها ولد السبط الحسن وكان في الرابعة الغزو إلى بني النضير في ربيع أولا وبعد موت زينب المقدمة وبعده نكاح أم سلمة وبنت جحش ثم بدر الموعد وبعدها الأحزاب فاسمع وعددي بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters and welcome back to our series on the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the poem Al-Urjuzatul Mi'iyya Fi Dhikri Hali Ashraf Al-Bariyya by Ibn Abil Az Al-Hanafi Rahimuhullah and today we have reached verse 56 the military campaign of Banu Qaynuqa' and the legislation of slaughtering and just a quick recap my dear brothers and sisters in our previous lesson, we finished off by speaking about the Battle of Badr, which took place in Ramadan in the second year after Hijrah. The Sheikh says in verse or line 56, And their military campaign with Kainuqa after the Battle of Badr, after that he slaughtered on the day of Eid and Nahri. And their military campaign with Kainuqa after the Battle of Badr. Now, Banu Kainuqa is one of the three Jewish tribes that were settled in Al Medina. When the Prophet made Hijrah to Medina, he made peace with the Jews. They concluded the peace treaty and it was written down. Now, Banu Kainuqa was the first to violate the treaty. So the Prophet attacked them in the middle of the month of Shawwal, which is the month following Ramadan, the month after the Battle of Badr took place. So they surrounded them for 15 nights from the middle of Shawwal until the beginning of the next month, the month of Dhul Qa'dah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cast fear into the hearts of Banu Qaynuqa and they surrendered to the Prophet the next part of the line, وَبَعْضُ ضَحَّى يَوْمَ عِيدِ النَّحْرِ After that, he slaughtered on the day of Eid al-Nahr, meaning after the military campaign of Banu Qaynuqa, he slaughtered on the month of Dhul-Hijjah, on the blessed day of Eid al-Adha, in the second year of Hijrah. Ibn al-Athir, rahimahullah, he says, On the day of Eid al-Adha, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, slaughtered in Medina. He came out before the Muslims and led them in salah and then slaughtered two sheep as some scholars say it was one sheep. And this was the beginning of this religious practice, this great act of worship. Then the Sheikh moves on, Rahimahullah in verse 57, where he speaks about the military campaign of As-Sawiq. He says, Rahimahullah, وَغَزْوَةُ السَّوِيقِ ثُمَّ قَرْقَرَةِ وَالْغَزْوُ فِي الثَّالِثَةِ الْمُشْتَهِرَةِ The military campaign of As-Sawiq then Qarqara, 
These military campaigns happened famously in the third, meaning the third year after Hijrah. Now, Ghazwat al-Sawiq, my dear brothers and sisters, is when Abu Sufyan returned with the disbelievers of Quraysh after being afflicted with a defeat in the military campaign of Badr. He made an oath not to wash his head with water until he took revenge. So he prepared 200 men and horses and headed out to Medina from the direction of Najd. When he came to Medina from the east, he came upon a district which the Jews lived in called Al-Uraid, which is a well-known valley with this name even up until now, located in the eastern part of Medina. Abu Sufyan, he stayed with one of the Jews whose name was Salam bin Mishkam, who provided Abu Sufyan with food and drink and information on the people. When the morning came, he burned a number of small palm trees in Medina, cut them down and destroyed them to take revenge. He also killed a man from the Ansar and his ally and then he fled. Now, the people found out about what happened and the Prophet ﷺ left searching for Abu Sufyan and his army and he left Abu Lubaba in charge of Medina. Sometime after that, he وسلم, reached Qarqaratul Qudri, which is about 110 miles outside of Medina. And he وسلم, left returning back to Medina as he didn't catch Abu Sufyan. Now as for Abu Sufyan and those with him, they fled on the path, leaving their provisions, which had a sawiq. And a sawiq is a fine flower. And the reason they left this is in, in order to lighten their load so that they would be able to flee from the Prophet ﷺ and his companions who were looking for them. Instead, the companions of the Messenger of Allah ﷺ found an abundance of provisions which was left by these mushrikeen and the majority of it was Sawiq. And this is why this military campaign was called Ghazwatul Sawiq. Then the Sheikh says, meaning the military campaigns meaning in the third year of the hijrah the ghazawat or the battles were famous and abundant as will be explained and illustrated by the author with this line my dear brothers and sisters the sheikh now moves into what happened in the third year after hijrah in verses 58 to 60 but before we mention these lines let's quickly recap what happened in the second year after Hijrah? We mentioned that in Safar there was the expedition of Al Abwa, or also known as Waddan. In Rabi' al Awwal, the following month was the expedition of Bu'at, which was followed by the expedition of Al Ushair, or Al Usair, which was followed by the first expedition of Badr. In the following month in Rajab, there was the raid of Abdullah ibn Jahsh an. Then in Sha'ban of the second year after Hijrah, the Qibla was changed from Jerusalem to the Kaaba and also the obligation of fasting Ramadan was legislated. And in the following month in Ramadan, the great battle of Badr took place and it was also the death of Ruqayya, the daughter of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And towards the end of Ramadan of that year, the obligation of Zakat al-Fitr was also legislated. And then in the following month in Shawwal, of the second year after Hijrah, there was a military campaign of Banu Sulaim, which was followed by the military campaign or the expedition of Banu Kainuqa. And in Dul Hijjah, the last month of the second year after Hijrah, there was the Ghazwa of As-Sawiq, which brings us to the third year after Hijrah. Now the Sheikh in verses 58 to 60, he starts to speak about the events that happened in the third year after Hijrah. He says, Rahimahullah, 
في غطفان وبني سليم وأم كلثوم ابنة الكريم زوج عثمان بها وخصه ثم تزوج النبي حفصه وزينبا ثم غزا إلى أحد في شهر شوال وحمراء الأسد In the same year was Ghatafan, Banu Sulaim, and Umm Kulthum, the daughter of the noble, married Uthman, and then he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, distinguished him. Afterward, the Prophet married Hafsa and Zainab, then he fought at Uhud in the month of Shawwal and Hamra al-Asad. Fi Ghatafan, in the same year was Ghatafan, meaning the military campaign of Ghatafan, which is also called Ghazwatu, the Amr, because the Prophet وسلم, went to this place from the direction of Najd. And this is close to the well-known district which is known today as An-Nukhail, which is close to 74 and a half miles east of Medina. Now this military campaign, my dear brothers and sisters, happened in the first part of the third year of Hijrah. And the Prophet وسلم, stayed there for the whole month of Safar, then returned to Medina without encountering any fighting. Then the Sheikh says, Wabani Sulaim, meaning the military campaign of Banu Sulaim. Now, this happened shortly after his break from the military campaign of Badr. When he returned to Medina, وسلم, he stayed there for only seven nights. Then he fought Banu Sulaim in the second year after Hijrah. He reached one of the wells called Al Qudr and stayed there for three nights. Afterwards, he وسلم, returned to Medina without encountering any fighting. And as we said, this military campaign was in the second year after Hijrah, not the third. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimuhullah, wa ummu kulthuma ibnatul karimi zawwaja uthmana biha wa khassah. And Umm Kulthum, the daughter of the noble Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, married Uthman, and then he, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, distinguished him. Meaning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam married Uthman bin Affan radiyallahu an to his daughter Umm Kulthum radiyallahu anha. And as we know, Uthman radiyallahu an was previously married to her sister Ruqayya. And as we discussed, she passed away radiallahu anha shortly after the military campaign of Badr while being married to Uthman. So based on this, he radiallahu an, meaning Uthman, was given the title Dhu al-Nurayn, meaning the possessor of two lights as he married two of the daughters of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And thereby he achieved this distinguishing quality, which basically no one else in the history of mankind shares. Since no other person has ever married two daughters of a Prophet, except Uthman radiyallahu an. Then the Sheikh says, ثُمَّ تَزَوَّجَ النَّبِيُّ حَفْصَةً Afterward, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam married Hafsa radiyallahu anha and she was the daughter of Umar bin al-Khattab radiyallahu an. He married her sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the third year after Hijrah. And she was a widow and her husband died at the battle of Badr radiyallahu an. Then the Sheikh says rahimuhullah wa Zainaban meaning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam married Zainab bintu Khuzayma al-Hilaliyya after marrying Hafsa radiyallahu anhuma. Now Zainab radiyallahu anha, she was also a widow and she was also given the virtuous nickname of Ummul Masakin and she was the first of his wives to pass away after the Hijrah and he had no children from her radiyallahu anha. The Sheikh then says rahimuhullah ثُمَّ غَزَى إِلَىٰ أُحُدْ فِي شَهْرِ شَوَّالِ 
Then he fought at Uhud in the month of Shawwal, meaning in the third year after Hijrah, in the month of Shawwal was the great battle in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested the believers and he made distinct the believers from the hypocrites who outwardly displayed Islam after the battle of Badr. And this is now where the Munafiqun start to spread their poison amongst the Muslims and start to try to harm the Muslims. So the battle of Uhud came to distinguish the ranks. Now in this Ghazwa or military campaign, 70 Muslims died as martyrs. Among them was the leader of the martyrs, Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib, the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And in this battle, my dear brothers and sisters, the battle of Uhud, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself was wounded in the face. Even his helmet was smashed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed many verses about this great battle. Sixty ayat, my dear brothers and sisters, were revealed in Surah Ali Imran about the day of Uhud, starting from ayah 121 onwards. And from Allah's supreme wisdom and his sunnah regarding his messengers and their followers is that the tide turns in their favor and at other times it turns against them. However, the final outcome belongs to them. If they were victorious all of the time, the believers and non-believers would enter into their ranks. And the genuine person cannot be distinguished from those who are not. If they were defeated all the time, the purpose and objective behind the sending of the messenger would not be achieved. So Allah's supreme wisdom mandates that both matters occur in order to distinguish those who follow and obey the truth from those who specifically pursue appearances and victory. This is what happened in the battle of Uhud and the final outcome was in favor of the believers. Then the Shaykh says, Rahimuhullah, wa Hamra al-Asad, and Hamra al-Asad, and Hamra al-Asad, this happened directly after the military campaign of Uhud, where the Muslims were still suffering and wounded. The Prophet wasallam was tasked immediately to pursue the enemy to terrify them. He ordered that only those who were present at Uhud should accompany him. So everyone who left with the Messenger of Allah وسلم, attended Uhud with the exception of Jabir ibn Abdullah, whose father appointed him over his family and daughters in Medina and his father was martyred in Uhud. So he sought permission from the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and he allowed him to come out to the military campaign of Hamra al-Asad. So the Muslims advanced immediately as ordered by the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam although they were burdened with the wounds until they reached Hamra al-Asad which is the place 20 kilometers south of Medina. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says about this event الَّذِينَ اسْتَجَابُوا لِلَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا أَصَابَهُمُ الْقَرْحِ لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا مِنْهُمْ وَاتَّقَوْا أَجْرٌ عَظِيمٌ those who answered the call of Allah and the Messenger Muhammad وسلم, after being wounded for those of them who did good deeds and feed Allah, there is a great reward. Then the Shaykh moves on in line 61 where he speaks about intoxicants being prohibited and the birth of the grandson of the Prophet وسلم, Hassan. والخمر حرمت يقينا فاسمعا هذا وفيها ولد السبط الحسن Certainly intoxicants were made impermissible so listen carefully in this the grandson Al-Hasan was born والخمر حرمت meaning intoxicants were made impermissible 
And this was in the third year after Hijrah, which is well known among many people of knowledge. Although some of the people of knowledge stated that it was made impermissible in the fourth year after Hijrah, Wallahu alam. The Sheikh also said, وَفِيهَا, meaning in this, meaning in the third year, وُلِدَ السِّبْتُ, the grandson, was born, meaning the grandson of the Prophet wasallam, Al-Hasan bin Ali bin Abi Talib radiyallahu an. Ibn Hajar rahimahullah says in his great book Al-Isaba, Al-Hasan bin Ali bin Abi Talib bin Abdul Muttalib bin Hashim bin Abd Manaf al-Hashimi is the grandson of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the coolness of his eyes and the leader of the believers. Abu Muhammad, meaning Hassan, was born in the middle of Ramadan in the third year after Hijrah. Now my dear brothers and sisters, some say that he was born in Sha'ban as Ibn Hajar mentioned and others also say that he was born in the fourth year and others say it happened in the fifth year. My dear brothers and sisters, before we move on to verse 62, we will quickly recap some of the things we took that happened in the third year after Hijrah. We mentioned that Uthman married Umm Kulthum, the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ. We also mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ married Hafza and Zainab and that also Fatima radiallahu anha gave birth to Hassan. And we also said that in the month of Shawwal, in the third year after Hijrah, the great battle of Uhud took place, which was followed by the expedition of Hamra al-Asad. Now moving on to line or verse 62, where the Sheikh speaks about the military campaign of Banu Nadir. It says, Rahimuhullah, وكان في الرابعة الغزو إلى بني النضير في ربيع أولا in the fourth was the military campaign of Banu Nadir in Rabi' al-Awwal, meaning in the month of Rabi' al-Awwal. وَكَانَ فِي الرَّابِعَةِ meaning in the fourth, meaning in the fourth year after Hijrah, and this was after the military campaign of Uhud, although there are some who hold the view that it happened before Uhud. الْغَزْوُ إِلَى بَنِي Nadir, meaning the military campaign of Banu Nadir, meaning with the Jews of Banu Nadir. In the month of Rabi'al-Awwal. Now, regarding the cause of this military campaign, it's mentioned that a man from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ killed two men who had a treaty with the Prophet ﷺ, which he was unaware of. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Indeed, I will pay the blood money for those killed. The Prophet ﷺ went accompanied by Abu Bakr, Umar, and a group of his companions to the Jews of Banu Nadir to aid them in paying the blood money because of the alliance they had with each other. They said, and the Jews said, yes. And the Jews gathered while the Prophet ﷺ was sitting amongst them. Now the Jews started to speak amongst one another and said, which man will throw this heavy grinding stone at Muhammad and kill him? Now the most wicked of them, Amr, Bin Jihash came forth. At that instance, Jibreel came down by the command of the Lord of all that exists to his messenger and informed him of what the Jews were planning to do to him. So the Prophet ﷺ stood up and left immediately, returning back to Medina. Now afterward, he ﷺ prepared for battle with them because they broke the treaty or the agreement that they had with the Muslims and acted in a treacherous manner towards the Prophet ﷺ. And they betrayed him with the greatest form of betrayal in which they planned to kill him as we discussed. So he ﷺ went out to fight them and besieged them for six nights. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
cast in their hearts fear. So they requested from the Prophet wasallam that he should expel them or banish them, but spare their lives and that they be allowed to carry whatever their camels could carry except for armor or weapons. So he wasallam accepted that from them. And as we know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed verses about them at the beginning of Surah Al-Hashr, Surah 59 of the Quran. Then the Shaykh Rahimahullah moves on in verse 63 and speaks about the death of the Prophet's wife Zainab, Umm al Masakin, and also the Prophet's marriage, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to Umm Salama. And afterward, the death of Zainab, the previous, later he married Umm Salama. And afterward, meaning after the battle of Banu Nadir, Mawtu Zainab, the death of Zainab, Bint Khuzayma, Al-Hilaliyya, Umm Al-Masakin, the wife of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al-Muqaddama, meaning the previous, meaning the one he previously mentioned in the poem. And it's mentioned that she, radiallahu anha, was only married to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for around eight months. Then the Sheikh says later he married Umm Salama. Umm Salama radiallahu anha, she was from those who accepted Islam early and her husband was Abu Salama and they both migrated to Al-Habasha where she gave birth to Salama. Afterwards they returned to Mecca and then migrated to Medina. Her husband Abu Salama radiallahu had migrated to Medina before she did and when he passed away the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam married her. And she said radiallahu anha as is found in Sahih Muslim I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam say, If any Muslim who suffers a calamity says what Allah has commanded him, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon, We belong to Allah and to him we shall return. O oh Allah, reward me for my affliction and give me something better than it in exchange for it. Allah will give him something better than it in exchange. Umm Salama continued to say, When Abu Salama died, she said, what Muslim is better than Abu Salama, whose family was the first to migrate to the Messenger of Allah? I then said the words, and Allah gave me his Messenger in exchange. So the Prophet ﷺ married Umm Salama after the passing away of Zainab anha, and even some reports mention that he married Umm Salama and moved her to where Zainab bint Khuzayma, Umm al-Masakin, used to live with him wasallam. Then the Sheikh moves on in line 64, in verse 64, speaking about the marriage of the Prophet ﷺ to Zainab bin Jahshin and the military campaigns of Badr al-Maw'id and al-Khandaq. He says, وَبِنْتِ جَحْشٍ ثُمَّ بَدْرُ الْمَوْعِدِ وَبَعْدَهَا الْأَحْزَابُ فَاسْمَعْ وَعْدُدِي and Bint Jahshin, then Badr al-Maw'id, after it was al-Ahzab, so listen and count. Wabint Jahshin, meaning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, married Zainab bint Jahshin radiallahu anha in the fourth year after Hijrah according to the view of the Shaykh rahimahullah and also the view of others. Although others stated it was in the third year after the Hijrah, while others stated it was in the fifth year of the Hijrah, wallahu alam. Now my dear brothers and sisters, the verse concerning the hijab was revealed because of her. She, meaning Zainab, was previously married to the Prophet Sallallahu freed slave, Zayd bin Haritha. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said about her, فَلَمَّا قَضَى زَيْدٌ مِّنْهَا وَطَرًا زَوَّجْنَاكَهَا 
So when Zayd had accomplished his desire from her, meaning he divorced her, we gave her to you in marriage. Now the one who married her to him was the Lord of all that exists, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as is affirmed in Sahih al-Bukhari on the authority of Anas ibn Malik radiallahu an. She used to boast radiallahu anha, meaning Zainab, to the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, your families married you to him while Allah married me to him from above the seven heavens, as is found in Sahih al-Bukhari. And she radiallahu anha was the first of his wives to die after him, meaning after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as is found in Bukhari and Muslim on the authority of Aisha. She said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the one who has the longest hands amongst you would meet me most immediately, meaning she would die after him first. She further said, anha, they, the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, used to measure the hands as to whose hand was the longest, and it was the hand of Zainab that was the longest amongst them, as she used to work with her hand and spend their income on charity radiallahu anha. Then the Sheikh then says, Then Badr al-Maw'id, meaning afterward was the military campaign of al-Maw'id, which is also called the last battle of Badr. This is mainly because the military campaigns associated with Badr were three. The first, al-Ula in other words, al-Kubra, the greatest, and the last. And it was also called Badr al-Maw'id because they made a mutual promise to meet there after the battle of Uhud. So the Prophet ﷺ left Mu'al-Maw'id for this appointed meeting and remained there for eight nights. And the disbelievers of Quraysh left from Mecca, led by Abu Sufyan, where they camped in Majannah, close to Zahran. Afterward, it became apparent to return to Mecca. So he, meaning Abu Sufyan, said, O people of Quraysh, there is nothing that will make you prosper except for a productive year where you cultivate the trees and drink milk. And indeed, this year has been barren, so I'm returning back to Mecca, and so should you. So the Mushrikeen of Quraysh returned. Then the Sheikh then says, وَبَعْدَهَا Meaning after the military campaign of Badr al-Maw'id was the military campaign of Al-Ahzab or Ghazwatul Khandaq. Ibn Kathir says in his book Al-Fusul, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested his believing servants in this battle. He excited and strengthened the iman in the hearts of his awliya. He also made evident what the hypocrites were concealing, exposing them and punishing them severely. So Allah sent down his support and aided his believing servants. And he ultimately crushed the ahzab and raised his army in esteem. Allah turned their rage against them and shielded the believers from the mushrikeen's evil plot. All of this was from his bounty subhanahu wa ta'ala and favor. He prevented them from waging war against the believers. He caused the disbelievers to be defeated and made his group victorious. All praise belongs to Allah alone, the Lord and Master of all that exists. This military campaign happened in the fifth year after Hijrah, in the month of Shawwal, according to what is correct, based upon the statements of the scholars of Islamic history and battles. Abul Qayyim he also authenticated this and cited numerous evidences to support this in Zad al-Ma'ad. And there are some people of knowledge who believe that it happened in the fourth year of the Hijrah, Wallahu A'lam. Now the reason for this military campaign, my dear brothers and sisters, of Al-Khandaq or Ahzab, was that a small group of Jews from Banu Nadir, whom the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ousted or expelled from Medina to Khaybar, they went to the Quraysh in Mecca and they incited them to wage war against the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and promised to aid them and they accepted their request. 
So the Jews headed to Qatafan and appealed to them also and they agreed as well. So the Quraysh, the chief Abu Sufyan and from Qatafan their chief Uyayna bin Hassan also headed out. All of them in total they were around 10,000 men and when the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam heard about their moving towards Medina he ordered the Muslims to dig trenches between the Mushrikeen and Medina. This was based upon the suggestion of Salman al-Farisi radiallahu an, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and 3,000 of his companions of Medina headed out taking protection in the trenches according to what is accurate and they put their backs to the mountain of Salah which is around 500 meters west of the Prophet's Masjid in Medina. The Prophet ordered the women and children to take cover in the blockhouses of Medina and he put Ibn Umni Maktoum in charge over them. Banu Quraidha, which is the third Jewish tribe and the last one left in Medina, broke the alliance that they had with the Messenger of Allah So this matter became distressing to the Muslims and the danger had become enormous. Their affair was just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, There the believers were tried and shaken with a mighty shaking. Afterward, Allah changed the affair in the Muslims' favor and humiliated the disbelievers and broke up their strength and unity. He sent down the armies and the wind on them, shaking them up, and they left that night. Then the Sheikh then says, Fasma'. So listen, meaning to these tremendous reports about the military campaigns of the Prophet Wa'dud and count meaning have great concern for learning about what was mentioned in the number of military campaigns and their dates. And with that we reach the conclusion of today's lesson. In our next lesson inshallah we'll continue with what the Prophet ﷺ does with the treachery of the final tribe of the Jews in Medina, Banu Quraidha, who have just broken their agreement with the Muslims and supported and aided the Confederates army who we were just speaking about. So this is what we'll start our next lesson with from verses 65 to 67. Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, barakallahu feekum, wallahu alam, wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, wassalamu alaykum, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. وقينقاع غزوهم في الإثر وبعد ضحى يوم عيد النحر وغزوة السويق ثم قرقرة والغزو في الثالثة المشتهرة في غطفان وبني سليم وأم كلثوم ابنة الكريم زوج عثمان بها وخصه ثم تزوج النبي حفصه وزينبا ثم غزا إلى أحد في شهر شوال وحمراء الأسد والخمر حرمت يقينا فاسمعا هذا وفيها ولد السبط الحسن وكان في الرابعة الغزو إلى بني النضير في ربيع أولا وبعد موت زينب المقدمة وبعده نكاح أم سلمة وبنت جحش ثم بدر الموعد وبعدها الأحزاب فاسمع وعددي